is going on? I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, I don't think I'm going to record like a little separate intro, but uh, welcome to the Risen Fallen podcast. As usual, uh, you can expect open and authentic conversations about mental health, self-development, just kind of overcoming different challenges and getting your life to a point where you are, you know, happy with yourself. So um, today I'm blessed. I'm grateful to be joined by the Mr. Om Gandhi. Um, Om, you've been on this podcast before, man. I appreciate you uh, giving me your time, donating your time here. And um, yeah, why don't you give yourself a little bit of an introduction, tell people like where you're at um, and what you're all about and where they can find you on social um, media as well. Yeah, uh, I'm just really excited to be back on the show. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, My name is Om Gandhi. I'm from Los Angeles, California. And I'm a ultra endurance athlete, uh, writer, um, mental health advocate. I'd like to think, you know, just, um, yeah, just, uh, trying to do just world wander, you know, trying to find my place in life. Um, but yeah, just, uh, really excited to be back on the show. And, um, yeah, if you guys want to follow my journey, you can find me on the Om Gandhi. Yeah, that's on Instagram. That's where we actually connected originally. And uh, yeah, dude, I'm mind blown by like endurance athletes. Like you and I have had this conversation so many times where I'm like, man, you're a literal superhero. Like I can't even imagine doing these types of things. Like I'm a pretty active guy. Uh, I'm pretty uh, athletically active, you know, like I'm working out at least once a day, every single day. And then I see the stuff that you do and I'm like, man, the stuff that I do ain't shit. Like I was thinking about that this morning. It's like, pouring rain here in vancouver like we're just starting to get like our our uh fall time weather we had like an extended summer here and uh it's like downpour right now and i'm like on a bike ride this morning and it's cold and wet and dark and i'm like man this really sucks i'm only like probably like 15 minutes into it and i'm like oh yeah what i do ain't shit compared to who i'm talking to today (laughs) i'm like always humbled by that man yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's all just like perspective and reframing, right? Like being able to go out and like experience all these feelings and do all these things. And it's also the goals are relative too, right? Like I always maintain that like, um, you know, for me, it might be 200 miles for somebody else. It might be writing their first book um, for somebody else. It might be that dream career. Um, but yeah, it's just, I'm always just happy to see people and hopefully I can convey the message that like, you know, it's all about just like uh, getting after it and seeking that discomfort and just, um, you know, it's just cool to see people trying to get that 1% better every single day. And um, I'll be rooting for anybody, whether it's 200 miles or writing that book or doing that thing, as long as they're getting after it. Cause you know, it's, it's your story that you're writing. Yeah. Talk to me about this writing that you've been doing recently about the articles and everything. Cause I feel like anybody that follows you on Instagram or anyone that's like found you through my podcast knows you as like the endurance athlete guy. Like we're like seeing you do marathon, ultra marathons. And uh, I've seen you uh, do a lot of different physical feats, but like, talk to me about the writing that you've been doing recently, man. What's that all about? Yeah. So writing is uh, something that's been a part of, I would say more than half my life. I started writing when I was um, probably at a young age, you know, just to 
it was my way of uh, expression because I didn't know how to express myself in any other way. And, you know, I just started by writing poems and scripts and just things that I kept to myself. I journaled and I still journal and um, became an endurance athlete and started doing the running and writing sort of found its way back into my life as, um, as you might see, you know, as a form of like written expression from articles, um, sometimes just a post that I'll make on Instagram where I have a thought and I just roll with it. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm actually a freelance writer by career as well. And um, a lot of times I'll just pick up the pen and I'll just write to express myself and to express all the complicated feelings that the complex feelings that come with life and with ultra running. Yeah. And so how like, cause uh, I, I feel like everyone's kind of got their own different way of kind of expressing themselves. Like I have always been somebody that expresses themselves best verbally, like hence the podcast, right? Like that's, I, I've always, um, dealt with my emotions and dealt with my feelings through like kind of conversation. That's how I understand myself better and how I understand others better. Uh, has yours always been through like kind of writing and reading then or? Um, yeah, mine's always been writing and reading, um, as long as I could remember, because I was a very closed in introverted kid growing up. Uh, so that was kind of the mode of expression that I came towards and it just started with lists and started with like writing my own stuff, um, getting inspired by content that I read, content that I saw. Um, but it's just, it's cool to see, um, that yours is like the verbal expression. And, you know, I'm actually curious as to how that verbal expression led to you realizing that a podcast was something you wanted to do. Yeah, actually, it, well, it's it's kind of, uh, I feel like everyone's got a podcast nowadays. Everyone and their uncle has a podcast, man. But <laughs> I always like, um, for me, like it was always something that I wanted to do. Like I always watched YouTube videos and podcasts, like literally since YouTube started when I was like 12 years old, I remember that was like one of the first things where I was like, Whoa, this is so cool. Like people are just doing this. Like it was like before people were even making money off of it. It was just like, Whoa, this is so cool. And, um, just watching people kind of do like either like sketch comedy or, um, just be able to share information that way. Like I was always like kind of like one of those YouTube university kids. And I tried to make like YouTube channels with my friends when I was like 12, 13 years old. Like there was always those things. Um, but, but you always like, for me, I was always one of those people that would like kind of start something and then stop it, start something and then stop it. And, uh, once the pandemic hit and, um, I kind of, I lost my job at the time and I had a lot more time on my hands. I was also obviously like everyone else was, that was like, especially like California and where I live in Canada. Like it's like, we kind of handled the pandemic pretty similarly. Like we were all kind of like socially isolated. So it was like, kind of, yeah. I was like, man, I got to find a way to connect with people still. I got to find a way to talk to people still. I had just started making YouTube videos again, right before the pandemic hit, like the summer before. Uh, where I was like walking around on some of the beaches here and like just randomly interviewing people. And then the pandemic hit and no one wanted to talk to me anymore. People were like, yeah, no, like the social <laughs> distancing thing started. Yeah. So then I was like, yeah. I was like, man, I got to find a way to keep talking to people. And that's how the podcast started. It started over Zoom calls like this. 
but uh, eventually I kind of gravitated more towards doing a lot more of my interviews in person. Still, um, you know, I dream of a day where I could like fly people like you over here so we could do this in person, man. That would be so sick. But that's kind of how I, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that's kind of how I got it started with the podcast was like just feeling a need to connect with people and talk to people because um, one of the first videos I had ever posted in regards to mental health was, um, it was a video on Facebook. I, I, um, it was like 2017, probably I just driven home from, uh, a job that I used to have. And I had like a panic attack on the drive home. I was like in tears. And the second I got home, I was like, I feel like I need to like express myself, but like I, I hadn't found journaling yet. I hadn't like figured out a way to kind of express my own emotions so I like open up my camera on my phone and I just record myself and I'm like look this is how I'm feeling right now kind of fucked up I just had a good solid cry on my drive home from work not even 100% sure why but like I just want to vocalize this and let people know like if you feel like this you're not alone like this shit happens to everybody and um the, the fact that we feel alone in this is what unites us because all of us are like there's no one else that feels this fucked up. Yeah. Like yeah. there's no reason for me to feel like this, but then we all feel like that. And the, like, that was the video I posted and it got such a big response where I was like, yeah, how do we all feel like this and all like hit the like button when we see someone post about it yet? None of us talk about this. Like what the fuck? Yeah. It's the big paradox, right? That like, um, we have the most technology we've ever had, but we're more isolated than ever. Um, and just, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I just made a post about that with my race where I was just talking about comparisons and like, um, how people tend to paint like on social media, the best picture of their lives and people see that and they compare themselves to that. And they think, man, I might be the only one who's going through this thing. Um, so it's just, it's really important that you know, you were raw and vulnerable with those emotions and you put them out there because I think it helped um, those people see that, like, you know, I'm not alone in this fight. Whereas we, you know, it's it's like we feel that way a lot um, from day to day, just like that we're by ourselves. Yeah, it's such a weird feeling, man. It's the weirdest part about it is knowing that everyone else feels that way, but then feeling still that you're the only one that feels that way it's like the weirdest paradox ever yeah it really is and i mean i do my part to like always share like the dark side of everything i'm doing i never shy away from my failures um i'm always just raw with the emotions like i talk i'm not talking about like hey like i got a buckle i'll be sharing like hey i got to the top of the mountain and i had a good cry about my journey and um yeah, just I think we need to see more of that and more of that expression just to, especially as men, you know, um, to show that like to show other men and also just other individuals that they're not by themselves and feeling all the feelings. And I mean, especially relate to your episode as well, because back in 2018, I had a panic attack at work. Um, and so, I mean. I didn't know how to express myself either. So that's when the writing started to slowly find its way back into my life. Yeah. And do you like, cause is all your writing 
from what I see, like you're kind of like sharing it. Like it's always like articles, like you said, like you're doing like freelancing stuff. Like it seems like it's writing that other people are always reading. Um, do you do like journaling? Like, do you do like your own kind of like private memoirs of like your own documentation that nobody ever reads? Is that fair to assume? I do. Yeah. Um, sometimes I write it out. Sometimes I'll just, uh, be on a walk and I'll take notes on my phone. But, um, a lot of the times, uh, the journaling that I do, I usually just, I find it special because it's something that some of those thoughts I really just keep to myself. Um, there's just like, it's like the divide that I have between like the stuff I'm willing to share versus the stuff like I just need to express and put it out like in writing so that my thoughts aren't jumbled. And I think that's sort of what makes it special to me. And, and for people that are kind of listening to this, like, um, my, we might've talked about this last time, but like, what does your journaling look like? Like if someone's like listening to this right now and they're like, I really need to get my thoughts in order. I don't really know uh, like why I would journal, how I could journal, what I would write down. I don't even own like a journal. Like what, like, do you have any tips for someone that would like just start beginning to journal? Yeah. Just, um, just be completely honest with yourself. Um, a good place to start is how you feel. Uh, just for me, like if I just had a moment or something, I'll write something in the journal. For example, like I feel angry, I feel lost, I feel upset. And then I'll kind of get into like the why, what's making you feel this way. I feel jealous. What's making you feel jealous? You know, um, why are you jealous? Like, um, and it's really, even when you're doing it in private, sometimes it's really hard to put the pride aside, which we all have a bit of that pride and that ego and it's hard to like sometimes put it aside and be totally vulnerable and be honest with yourself and just um, put those things out there. But once you do, I promise like you'll feel a lot better knowing that you are being honest with yourself because if you can't be honest with yourself, then you can't be honest with other people and um, you know, you'll never really find your, best version or your true self yeah it takes um it takes like a next level amount of self-awareness to be able to start to notice these feelings while we're feeling them i feel like because there's so many times where like i'll act in a certain way that i'm not proud of whether i like kind of get like less patient with my parents or my girlfriend or myself or my roommate etc like there's so many times where um a lot of the time for me, I ruminate on those times where I've said things that I regret, where I do things that I regret, or I act hastily out of anger or impatience. And a lot of the times it's always like retrospectively, like I'm looking back and I'm like, oh yeah, I was like that because I felt anger. Why did I feel anger? Oh, because I was confused or because I was anxious or because I felt betrayed or because I felt uh, insecure or whatever it could have been. Like it's always retrospectively. Like I feel like it's like next level self-awareness to be like, oh, I feel this right now in the moment as opposed to like, oh, I felt like that and that's why this happened. But see, I definitely feel what, I definitely feel what you're talking about as well. Like, I don't know if, uh, I think what you're describing um, is like, you know, when you're just like sitting around and then something, an old memory or something pops up and then you're just like, man, you either feel shame or embarrassment or like, I was like this, you know, like, why did I do this? You know, 
Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's just it's part of being human. And I think the difference between um I think the difference between like um the people who can grow from that and the people who don't is having that self-awareness and that self-accountability um, versus like trying to blame something else like a shadow or a tree or somebody else for those issues. Yeah, absolutely, man. One of the things that I like a lot about your Instagram page is uh, the fact that you are willing to kind of share these things you're willing to talk about these things not just here i do appreciate that it's not just like i I like that it's everything like you don't just share losses you don't just share like oh this is i'm I'm depressed all the time you don't just share like your wins all the time like it's a good mix like i feel like when i watch your instagram stories like i know where your head's at that day like that's the that's the sense that i get like half the time when I look, it's just like memes of you and your friends, like sharing things about like endurance racing. (laughs) It just makes me laugh my ass off, man. But, um, I know we were kind of like trying to plan this, um, like this interview for quite like probably like the last month. And, uh, there was a couple of things that kind of kept pushing it back. Um, but we wanted to kind of wait at least until you had finished your, uh, your Moab, um, do you want to talk about that event at all? Like, what was that kind of like prepping for it? Do you want to talk about like the preparation for it? Like doing the event, your feelings, uh, since doing it, like, what, like, how was that for you? Yeah. I mean, that event, the more time passes for the Moab 240, the more grateful I get that I was able to even toe the line on the race like that and do something like that. I mean, it started with the uh, regular feelings of like, man, like not only did I not finish the race, but I was only four miles from finishing a 239 mile race. So like imagine getting to like your marathon and you get to mile 25 and you like blow out your hip and you can't like keep going. And it's like, man, so close yet so far. Right. But um, I had a friend who told me something that made sense he said just because you didn't get the buckle just because you didn't get to the finish um doesn't mean that the other 98 percent of your goal that you achieved is irrelevant like i still did 235 miles i mean it's just like it's something that even saying now like it's still hard for me to process like doing something like that in four four and a half days um so i mean just because I didn't get to do the last four miles and get the buckle. I mean, the race will always be there. I can always go back. Doesn't like take away from all the things that I learned, all the amazing people I met and, you know, just being able to do this thing because who's to say that we're going to be able to do this thing tomorrow Um, to be able to get out there. And um, I mean, this is something that I, I've been working the last couple of years for just building up volume in my training slowly going from like the 50 K to doing like multiple hundred mile races to a 72 hour race. And, um, just been like anywhere averaging anywhere from 50 to, uh, up to a hundred miles a week. And just, yeah, just, um, night in, night out, just a lot of work and, there was always, it wasn't always easy. You know, there was a lot of like failures on the way there. I had three other, um, did not finishes this year besides Moab. I, 
you know, I bonked a lot of training runs that I thought were going to go good. And I did good on a lot of training runs. I thought I was going to bonk. <laughs> um, definitely got to see, there's definitely the process from top to bottom. And I think what I'm trying to say here is that because I didn't get the medal, because I didn't do the last four miles, doesn't take away from the journey and the growth that I've had the thousand, the thousands of miles, the 235 that I did. Um, and I'm just like, I think I'm just grateful for the experience. Yeah, that's insane, especially for uh, any Canadians listening. Like I think about it, first off, like 230 kilometers. And then when you say that's miles, I'm like, holy shit, I have to do the conversion in my head and understand like how much that actually is. Cause like the furthest I've ever run was an act like just a marathon, which is like uh, 42 kilometers. So I think it's, you said 25 miles and I'm like, man, I couldn't even imagine like fucking 10 times that literally 10 times that man. that's so insane yeah and then getting to like 40 kilometers and like realizing you can't go on anymore <laughs> is just because your body has given up on you is but you know like there i could have walked it in i could have limped it in it would have taken a few hours um past the cutoff but you know, ultimately I decided to make the call for the long haul, knowing that this race is going to be there. It's not going anywhere. Uh, I want to do this. I want to be Mr. Consistent. I want to do this for a long time. Um, there's still a lot of work to do, not just in the ring of ultra running, but all the things that I can do regarding selfless service. I mean, we raised almost another $600 for Ritstone family while I was at the race. And that was just, that was a, that was like a victory in itself that like we got another $600 and we're at $8,000 for the year, which is like three times what we got last year for Ritstone family. So, and, you know, just hearing people message me saying that they're inspired to do the Moab and they didn't think this was something that they could do until they saw me do it. And, that's what it's all about. Like, I'm just an average guy doing these things. And I want everyone to believe that, you know, even if it's not a Moab 240, you can go out and do your thing. If you just show up, um, like James Queer says in Atomic Habits, just 1% every single day. Like, what's the bare minimum that um, you're willing to do every single day? Not People always talk about like, the maximum that they want to do and like the long runs. But when you're having a shitty day and you can't put in 80% or 90% or hundred percent, what's the bare minimum you're willing to do? Whether it's just like one email or like five minutes of recovery work or something. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Yeah. Like how can you push the envelope or, I mean, how could you push like the, uh, push the needle like a little bit further every single day? Like it doesn't have to go, like you don't have to go like a hundred percent every single day. Like there's so many times where like, I'm like, you know, between workouts and kind of family time, spending time with my girlfriend and then working, obviously there's so many times where like, I, I want to put off working on my podcast or I'm like, man, um, yeah, there's just so many times where I feel like that. And then it's like, I think I can spend five minutes, even if it's just five yeah. minutes editing away. Like, it's just like mindless fucking editing away. Um, for me, it feels like sometimes it's like, at least if I could spend like five, 10, 15 minutes on it today, sometimes there's days like today where I'm spending hours on it. Like that's literally the bulk of my day today is 
recording and editing and posting podcast episodes. So like for, for today, it's like, you know, I'm spending hours and hours, but during the week when I'm working like eight to 10 hours a day in construction as well, it's not always like that, you know, like it's, it's kind of exactly like what you're talking about. Like sometimes it's just like, where can I find five minutes to work on this thing that I feel like is serving something bigger than me? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, just like, even like, you know, now, like I've left my corporate career and I'm working on the run, try bike business. Um, just every single, when I have those days where I don't feel like doing anything, it's just my bare minimum is like, either send an email to a prospective client or make us prepare a social media post or plan something out for the next day. And then just like you, you know, I had like one of those days um, in the middle of this week where like, I just spent like 10 to 14 hours just grinding away at the thing. And, um, you know, all we have to think about is the bigger picture and that we're moving the needle forward no matter what. Um, it's just, you know, we've, I feel like as a society, we've created this like thing of like psyching ourselves out when we set like this goal for ourselves. And, um, like, I think diet is the best example, right? Like, um, you set this like strict diet for yourself and then you cave in and you have a cookie and you're like, ah, it's all ruined now. I'm just going to eat the whole box, you know, versus like, you know, like 80, 20 rule, like I can indulge in it a little bit. Um, but I got 1% better towards the needle today by eating my serving of veggies or drinking a gallon of water. Um, as opposed to like, huts ah, all ruined now, you know, I ate a cookie. I might as well just binge on everything. I feel like that tends to be, and, um, and you tell me what you think about this. I feel like that tends to be pretty common in society these days. Yeah, I always joke about it with like um with like a phone screen. Like people always treat it like it's like uh I'm like they're like, Oh, I, I cheated on this meal, so I'm just gonna go ahead, like uh, I'm gonna have like nachos for dinner kind of thing. And then they're like, Oh, I, I missed my workout yesterday, so I'm just not gonna work out the rest of the week. Like I'll start again next yeah. Monday. Like, yeah, oh, you know, like, like it's like Wednesday and they're like, oh, I've been missing my workouts. Like I'll start again next Monday. And it's like, dude, there's still five more days left. <laughs> like before, the, I don't know if my math is off, but I'm like, I always joke. And it's like, man, that's like the same idea or concept as like, oh, I have a crack in my phone screen. So I'm just going to smash it with a hammer. Like, I just don't even care anymore. Like, it's like, oh my God, I love that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a great analogy. <laughs> But yeah, yeah it's, I, um, it's crazy when you look at it that way. I I agree completely, man. And I like uh I'm somebody as well that kind of feels that way as well about like kind of um like I can be like almost like a psychopath when it comes to discipline or um like when I make plans for myself. Like I'm a very obsessive person when it comes to like uh having a strict routine or having something like um structured out like if you gave me something to track if you give me something to follow it almost becomes like a video game for me like i have to win like I, I have to do that thing like i'm doing a program right now called 75 hard and it's um it's like a program for anyone that hasn't listened to uh, my podcast or knows about this program uh, i don't know if i've explained it to you or you know about it but i know about it, it. yeah but you should explain it yeah 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 Basically, uh, I'll give like the long and short of it. 
the gist of it is like you follow a meal plan, you work out twice a day, every day uh, for 45 minutes. One of those workouts has to be outside. You read 10 pages, um, no alcohol or cheat meals, take a progress picture every day and drink a gallon of water every day. So it's like pretty, um, I always kind of explain the program. And then I say like, it's not a difficult program to do. These things aren't difficult to do, but it's easy not to do them. So that's like kind of the way I explain this program to people. But it's one of those things where it's like, if you miss one of those things on any given day, whether it be like day six, day 26 or day 74, you have to start back from square one. And I've seen so many times where I do this program with other friends or uh, people close to me and they miss one of the things on one of the days. And then they just kind of are like, fuck it. I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not doing this. Like, there's no way I'm restarting this program. I'm not fucking doing this. And they almost like get to a place where they're like ashamed and they're worse off than when they started. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, fuck it. I failed this thing. I must not have discipline. I must not have accountability for myself. Um, and they like kind of start to build more negative habits than when they even started the program. And it's like, did you forget why you wanted to start this? Like, it's not like discipline or accountability or things like that, or like things that you're born with, like the point of programs like this, like you don't even have to do this one, but it's like, you're trying to develop a skill. Like this isn't something that people are born with which is kind of like a the coolest concept of it for me. It's like, it kind of stands for everything that you're talking about where it's like, sometimes you are going to get injured. Sometimes you are going to fail or you're going to fuck up or you're going to have something like that that messes you up. But it's like, what are you going to do? Like, what's your response going to be? Are you going to get back up and, and, and get after it again? Are you going to rest up and recover and do whatever healing you're going to need to do and then get after it again? Like, it's your response to failure that's actually more impressive than someone's response to success sometimes yeah i absolutely agree with that i mean if you do if you do anything at a consistent on a consistent basis or if you're chasing after a goal on a consistent level then it's not like it's not um if you're gonna fail it's you are gonna fail failure is going to happen. It's part of the path. And sometimes on social media, we don't see that because people are always posting about people tend to only post about the victories, um, the medals and like life is beautiful. And, um, but the reality is that like success is not, we've seen, I, I know you've probably seen that visual as well, where like, it's like success is not like that linear, like that linear line. It's like, jumbled and all over the place and um some days you'll feel like for me personally like some days i feel like i'm making the progress and i'm on the path and i'm heading towards my goal and other days it feels like i'm back to square one and i feel like um i'm just totally set back and it's like can you look through can you look through all that and focus on like doing that bare minimum every day and just keeping that consistency and um, do that every single day. Um, And I mean, I used to, you know, we talk about like cracking the phone, uh, crack the phone and then smash it with a hammer. I used to be that type of person too. I mean, like um, I used to be Mr. Like I'll start on Monday, you know, (laughs) all the time. Like I was a, 
I think I would describe myself as an habitual quitter. Like I would start something and then I was so like trying to be perfectionist about like my discipline and everything that I messed one thing up and it's like, oh, you did it wrong. You know, like might as well just like bonk the whole week and start again on Monday or like, you know, just it's like, man, there's like six more days, you know, there's so many hours in the week. And I think, you know, it just it's trying you have to remind yourself that like making that one mistake or having that one setback doesn't erase all the progress that you've made. Um, having one failed run doesn't erase the 300 other ones that I've done over the last four years that were successful. Um, it's just, it's part of the path and you just have to fail forward. Yeah. And also just thinking about your past. Like I always think about my past as well. Like there's so many times where like, especially during this 75 hard time, like, uh, my time doing this, um, I try and get my outdoor workouts in by doing like runs or bike rides. Like a lot of the time, if I, if I'm like, sometimes I get like jacked up knees or jacked up ankles. I'm sure you could appreciate that. And then I'm like, okay, I need to be consistent. Like I, I really resonate with you when you're like, I need to be Mr. Consistent. Cause I'm like, I, I want to be able to push myself physically like really hard for this entire time which also means I need to know when to pace myself. So I can't just go for like a 45 minute run every single day. Like I'm personally not at that level yet. So like the days that I'm not running, I just go for a bike ride instead of the run. Like it kind of, it's easier on my joints. And uh, I get really down on myself when I have those weeks where like my joints are all jacked up, like where I, I start to feel bad. Like I'm like, man, I, I should be tougher than this. I should be running every single day. And then I'm like, man, past me, like, like three years ago or four years ago, like I couldn't even run for 45 minutes straight, let alone do it multiple times a week. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, man, sometimes it's important. It. Sorry. Let alone do it multiple times a week after working construction every single day, you know, like that's the, that's the stakes, you know, sometimes we forget about the fact that everybody has different stakes and that's why I think that's why I love the comparison is the thief of joy. You know, it's a cliche, but like, um, it's a thief of joy because we only look at the outside picture, right? We don't look at the fact that like Mark, Mark is running 45 minutes, but he's also doing a construction job where he's on his feet, you know, uh, versus like Bob is running two hours every day, but he's working from home. Um, it's just, there's, it's it's a futile thing to compare yourself to other people. I mean, we all have our own stories and our own stakes. Yeah. One of the other things I was going to get to, actually, I just this just came to the front of my mind as well, is um, while I'm doing this, like, obviously, like, there's pretty much no days where I feel comfortable. Like, every single day has been very difficult, um, both mentally and physically. Like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fucking sore at this point. I'm 31 days in as of today. And, um, I know that you can probably resonate. I know I saw you post something like this on your Instagram after you did the Moab. So I wanted to bring this up where like, there's days where I'm like literally limping, like after work, like especially, or after my second workout, like I'm limping or like my knees are all jacked up or my back super tight because of a workout. And, um, there's people that are be like, 
why are you doing this to yourself? Like you're pushing yourself a little bit too hard. Like you're, you're pushing your body past like where it should be going. Like you need to listen to your body more, slow down, like uh, maybe crank the intensity down. I know like there was probably people telling you similar things when you um, did this Moab and you messed up your body as well. Like you got injured. Um, Absolutely. How, like, how do you deal with people when they're kind of telling you like, man, you need to slow down. You need to relax. Like you're pushing yourself too hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people it's, it's trying to figure out, it's trying to take the wisdom, but setting aside the ego, uh, because some people say those things because they're just projecting their own insecurities. Um, but I did also have friends who were saying things. Um, and I'm a guy who, you know, one of my pet peeves is unsolicited advice, (laughs) I just, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, I'm looking for, uh, my favorite thing is like, I'm looking for where I ask for your advice. Cause I don't see it, <laughs> but, um, you know, some people are like, I've had people in the ultra running circles, give me tips. And, um, for me, it's not necessarily about like, it goes back to self accountability, right? It's not necessarily about what people are saying, but it's about how you react to it. Um, and people are going to talk like people are going to make backhanded comments. People are going to hate. Some people are going to genuinely give you advice. There's going to be good and bad. And that's never going to stop. You know, I could have, I had people saying that to me when I was doing my first 5k, it's not going to stop. Even if I, um, people are going to be like, man, you should slow down. Like you shouldn't be doing ultra marathons on the moon in like five years from now. I mean, (laughs) but it's just about, um, how you, uh, react to it. And, um, it's your choice to take what you want to take from it and, um, uh, discard what you don't want to take. Um, and I think there's power in knowing that, like, no matter what people say, words are just words and you get to make the choice. Ultimately the choice is yours. Uh, I lost your sound. Can you hear me? Sorry, oh, you're I, on. there we you're go. On, there dude. we go. I muted myself, man. Holy yeah, hell. I was I was looking at my uh <laughs> I was looking at my speakers. I'm like, what's going on here? And then I saw the little mic on the bottom. That's too funny. Yeah, I usually I have it on mute so that there's no like background noise here. And I was pressing the space bar to unmute it, but I was uh clicked out of the window, so it wasn't active. But um beauty is i can edit this out or i can leave it in for comic relief but i'll just i'll probably end up just pretty good comic relief (laughs) i'll probably just leave that in actually because that's funny but um i i what i was saying was uh i appreciate that answer i like it and i wanted to know how um you're dealing with kind of overcoming this injury mentally because there's been a couple times in the past couple years where i've been kind of uh taken out of training and um you know, I, 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 it it impacted me mentally, like definitely physically and mentally not being able to train. Like there was a time last year where I fractured my heel and kind of partially tore my Achilles tendon. And then there was a time this year where I had surgery on my nose. And so like, I couldn't raise my blood pressure for quite a few weeks. And, um, I wanted to get kind of like your input on like, kind of how you've been dealing with like the mental and physical reproduct or repercussions of, of being injured. 
kind of be, like uh, not being able to do the things that kind of, you know, help as a way to um, express yourself or vent kind of physically what you're feeling emotionally. Yeah. I mean, physically I'm doing everything in my power to recover, whether it's compression boots, uh, ice baths, just doing like light strength training as I'm able to yoga, uh, cross training, uh, doing low impact stuff. Like I'm always on the bike now, um, just doing nice strolls in the park, which has been great for mental health because I don't have a watch for any of these workouts. Um, <laughs> Uh, the mental part has been like, it's been honestly up and down. I mean, the over the big picture is like gratitude, but like um, the first week after the race, I had a couple of nightmares about like how close I got to the race. And, you know, when you get that close to the finish, you keep thinking about like the hour you could have fixed here, the hour there and like what went wrong with nutrition. And I shouldn't have eaten this. And um, you start thinking about the what ifs, you know, you and generally that's what happens is like a lot of the most of the stuff that's happening most of the emotions that are happening the highs and lows like it's all thoughts that you're creating it's all scenarios that you're creating and when i'm not able to drown out that noise by i mean you think about the fact that i was averaging 10 to 14 hours a week in my peak on running and you take those 10 to 14 hours and all the other stuff out of the equation and you have like all this other extra time and that just gives you more time to like your thoughts and like the what ifs and like you haven't run in a while i mean this is something that the longest break that i took from running in the last probably like last four years is like uh five days um and i'm taking pretty much like I'm on pace to be taking an entire month off of running. So you start to psych yourself out a little bit of like, am I going to be the same when I come back? Uh, how much fitness am I losing? Um, just you start to skew your view of like, can I do these 200 mile races? Like, can I do these hundreds? Um, so there's definitely been a lot of like, uh, ebbs and flows, um, uh, a lot of gratitude, but as time passes, but also a lot of like really, really low moments, um, after this race. And I just keep telling myself, Hey, that's normal. I mean, 235 miles is a long way. Four days is a long way. Like my body is probably still, it's been two and a half weeks. I mean, my body's still probably in shock and trying to process everything and just, um, just trying to like, uh, I'm just trying to like flow with those emotions. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot, man. I, I, um, it's, it's, uh, crazy how things like that happen. Like last night I was even having a kind of a rough go. Uh, my girlfriend and I were kind of go, we were driving home last night and I got really quiet and I was just kind of like doing a little bit of like negative reflection. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a fun time. I'll tell you that. And she's kind of like asking me, she's like, what's going on? Like, what's happening? And I was like, I'm just getting hit by a wave right now. Like, it's kind of like, I don't really know how to express it, but it's just coming in waves. And uh, this one's not a good one. And I just, I know it's going to pass, but it's not feeling good right now. So it's cool that you kind of, you know, like express that of like, it comes in waves. Like sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. And like, that's kind of how life always is, 
you know i uh i know like especially on those times where i've gotten injured that's where i become like uh mr fuck it like i'm like you fuck it i'm i'm injured right now i can't train i'm gonna have this cheat meal i'm just gonna sit on the couch i'm gonna fucking watch garbage tv i'm gonna like you know i become mr netflix or like i'll play video games or like what have you like it'll it'll it's like like these decisions these um you know behaviors that we have that you know whether they're addictive or they're um coping mechanisms whatever you want to call them like they have compounding interest and like they get like worse and worse and worse and then they make you feel worse like it puts you yeah. in a worse position you know what i mean like it like gets worse and worse to the point where you're like your life is almost unrecognizable after a month you know what i mean yeah it's it's crazy like if you're not careful you can really go into like if you're not self-aware you can really go into a downward spiral and really just like stay there um so yeah i think a lot of it is just like self-awareness and realizing like you said just telling yourself and being honest with yourself and the people around you like i'm just going through a wave right now like or I'm going through like a low right now and I don't know how to explain it. Sometimes you can't put it into words. In fact, a lot of times you can't put it into words. Uh, feelings are, you know, we try to rationalize feelings but and emotions, but often they're pretty irrational. Yeah, and there's always underlying things. Like I always like, uh, like um, I'm somebody that like, I kind of need to figure out my shit before I can talk about it. Like it's difficult for me to vocalize what I'm going through when I'm going through it. And different people have their own different ways of going through different things, whether they write it out or they, I don't know, talk to somebody that they love, whatever it could be. But I'm somebody that kind of just has to kind of think about it by myself, whether I have to write it down or talk to my phone and fucking record it and listen back to it, like whatever it could be. Um, but I find like the first few things that we think about when we're thinking about why we feel the way that we feel are often not the actual reasons. Like yesterday, there was like a couple of things that kind of got on my nerves that made me start getting irritated. And I was like, okay, these are like the things that are happening in the forefront of my life. But if I were to really ask myself, like if I was having a good day and this happened, would I feel this bad? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, this yeah. probably isn't the root cause of my emotion right now. So it was like a little bit more internal digging of like, okay, why is this getting to me so much? You know, why is this bothering me so much? Because on a good day, this wouldn't even scratch the surface. Like this would do nothing to me. But today it impacted me. So why is that? That's that's a really good way to reframe it, actually. I never thought about that. Like, you know, sometimes you have like these small little things that irritate you and then just like, that reflection of realizing that like, man, if it was sunshine and rainbows, that I would just like smile that off versus like, man, that's making me snap today. Why? You know? Yeah. Or like, yeah, I, I, that's, I know when I'm in a bad spot mentally, when I find myself losing patience with the people that I love, because most of the time when I'm with people that I love, I'll, I'll just laugh at the, like the things that they say or, you know, I have a lot of the, a lot of the relationships that I have, the people that are close to me, like we kind of razz each other quite a bit. Like I, I'm very like, mm -hmm. I'm like that. I joke around with people and people joke around with me, like poke fun at each other. And I can tell I'm in a bad spot mentally when those things hurt me, you know, cause it's like, you forget, yeah. 
oh, I'm loved by this person unconditionally. Like, there's no reason that I need to take offense to this. Like, they're they're just having fun. They're, they're just making a joke. Like, of course, there's a little bit of truth behind every single joke, but there's no reason I should take offense to this, and I am. So, like, why is it? Is there like is it because I believe a part of what they're saying, or is it because something else completely different is impacting me? And and it's just this one thing that's like, uh, like it's just manifesting in a negative way. And to, but the tough thing is, is that like, um, and you tell me how you feel about this. I think the tough thing is, is like, sometimes we know those things, like we know that we're irritated and like it's just not a good day and you're in a low. Um, and the best thing to be would be to remove yourself from that situation and do the things that you can do to take care of your mental health. But oftentimes the reality with life is that we have to do things that we don't like even when we're having a bad day. So what do you, what do you do to cope with, um, those feelings when you know you're having them, but you have to be in a situation at the time that is aggravating you or is pushing those buttons? Like, what do you do on the spot? Yeah. Um, I'm somebody like if I can control everything, like if I can control in a perfect world, I'll give two examples, like in a perfect world, when I have like the, uh, the freedom to do what I need to do, there's so many times where like, I'll go for a workout, I'll go for a run, I'll do a jujitsu class, I'll do something physical. And in that in that 45 minutes to an hour, I'll be able to just by doing things instead of thinking about things, I'll be able to process my thoughts better. There's so many times where I come back from a workout. And I find myself coming to my girlfriend or my mom or somebody that I've just gotten in an argument with. And I'm like, Hey, uh, you know what? Sorry, I was completely fucking wrong. Like I can think clearly now I just needed to move for a bit. Like that was all my body needed to do. Like that's like in a perfect world, if I can separate myself from a situation and kind of isolate myself and just physically like move, do explosive movements and just kind of push myself. Like for me that I don't know how or why, like there's like chemical reasons, obviously with endorphins, but like there's, copious amounts of reasons why it just makes me think more clearly and feel better about myself and uh, be able to be a little bit more humble like there's so many different benefits to it but to answer your question on days where I can't do that um there's uh it usually comes down to I don't feel better about it until I have a conversation with somebody like I can think of a couple different times where um you know, work has been very frustrating for me. There's been like uh, construction, like especially when you work in a private company, actually, no matter what company you work in, it can be very high stress sometimes, um, mm -hmm. physically and mentally, because there's a lot of pressure on what you're doing. Um, and every mistake costs a lot of money. Like if you cut things wrong, you're wasting materials. Uh, if you mess up somebody's home, like I do home renovations. So like if we mess something up, it's like you're fixing it for free. So like you're paying to fix their home at that point. And um, like any other industry, there's a huge learning curve. And there's been times where I'm like, I don't know if I'm good enough for this. Like, I don't know if I'm good at this at all. Like, I don't think my natural skills or abilities, like no matter what we do, I feel like everyone has this kind of complex where we're like, I don't know if I belong here. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And um, 
it's a family business too. Like my dad runs it and uh, my cousin works for us. My uncles have worked for us in the past. And I remember there was this one day where I just kept, I kept messing things up and I had to go back to customers' houses to fix them. And it was just like, a, it was an absolute shit show on my end. It felt like at least. And I was like having one of those days where I'm like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit my job. Uh, I'm going to go work in like a completely different industry in a completely different city. Like I need to run away completely. Like I was just having a mental breakdown. And I, I remember asking my dad, like, have you felt this way before? Like, have you ever felt this way? Because like, I, like, I feel like this is fucked up. Like, I don't know why I feel this way. It's just so frustrating dealing with this, like what feels like failure. And he's like, of course I dealt with that. Like, do you think I'm just, just like instantly good at what I do? Like it takes years to do this. And like, there was, he's like, and your cousin went through the exact same thing when he was an apprentice working for us. Like there was so many times where like I had to send him back to fix things and like, literally just talking to him about all of this stuff, put it into a completely different perspective. And this is just one example. And it's pretty like funny and simple where it's like, that was like, I went from feeling like I have to quit and go work in a fucking oil field in a different province in, in one afternoon to being like, I can run this company one day. Like it was like a complete different shift of like mindset <laughs> just through a conversation. Whereas like, I'm really happy that I opened up about this feeling because this was not going well for me. Yeah. And I mean, that's like, it's crazy how similar that is to what we were just talking about earlier about like opening up about your feelings on mental health and realize and somebody else chipping in and saying like, yeah, I feel that way too. And how it just like shifts your mindset of like, man, I'm not alone, you know, like, um, there are other people who are going through this. Uh, there's that all time famous quote of like, nobody really knows what they're doing in life. You know, we're all just trying to find our way. And um, there's that, there's of course, you know, Socrates, all those centuries back. All I know is that I know nothing. I mean, people have known it since that humans are fuck up since the dawn of time, you know, <laughs> like uh, we've just, you know, it's um, to make mistakes is to be human, I think. And they're both to make mistakes and be human, I think, is like synonymous. Like we have for the longest time, like, I think just gone through this process of like doing things, fucking them up and then figuring them out. And um, for whatever reason, like the way things are portrayed in the media and in society, it feels like you have to go from A to B, even in school. It's like, you know, we're taught like go to A to B, you know, <laughs> whereas like, that's not the case at all. No matter what industry you're in, no matter what you're doing, like I've had imposter syndrome, even as a runner as well. It's like, I'm not as fast as some guys. Like I see the guys doing like 15 minute five K's and like, um see the guys getting first place um on the podium and not, not realizing that like man i got into this thing like four and a half years ago from a totally sedentary lifestyle like it's it comes back to like the stakes and like your story and like you don't know what their stakes are they don't know what your stakes are like you know your story is your story yeah absolutely and um 
yeah, it's so weird how we not just compare ourselves to other people, we compare ourselves to our past selves. We like there's this like constant feeling of just thinking like, am I good enough? And um, you know, am I, you know, am I going to succeed at this thing? And we let that kind of dominate whether or not we even attempt to do something. Yeah, you know what I mean. Analysis paralysis is what I like to call it. I think that's the term that's tossed around. Like you said, a lot of people. You know, I wasn't, you know, there are a lot of people who DNF these big, big races. And I think the reminder is that like, there's just a lot of people who don't even try uh, because they psych themselves out and they start thinking, well, what if this happens? Uh, What if I fail as opposed to like, well, what if I succeed? Yeah. And why would it even be? like uh, a bad thing if i were to attempt and fail like it's better than not attempting exactly like you're gonna grow from it regardless um i learned i've learned more from my failures than i have from my successes i mean that's not to it's cliche like that's not to say i haven't learned anything from my successes but like every single failure i've had has helped me bounce back and move into like an even larger success and i mean like every single story we see about like the most successful people on the planet, like, um, it always starts at like, man, like they fucked up in some way, you know, (laughs) like we hear the quote about Michael Jordan all the time. Like he said it himself, like he's missed, he's missed, like he's made like 25% of his game winners and missed like 75% of them. Like he's been knocked out in the first round, like six or seven times. Um, he's lost a bunch of games in his career, you know, like um, if you do anything on a consistent basis, like you're going to fail. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We just have to stop demonizing it. That's what I was going to say. And what's funny is we look at that failure and we point that out and we recognize it. Like uh, if you have like 10 attempts at something, you succeed nine times and you fail once that one failure feels like fucking 10 failures. Like it's like, it's the weight of a failure feels like way more than like what we would value a win at. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just, and you know, like, I mean, I think like, just, I think the, I would like to think that the failures feel like they have more weight because they also carry more weight in your life as far as like the lessons that they teach you. That's kind of the way I try to reframe it. Um, if, if you're looking at failures, like a big box of like um, books, textbooks and lessons and things that you need to learn, I feel like there's just, um, yeah, I just, uh, man, I started thinking about Moab again, (laughs) but like, yeah, like, I just think that there's a lot to unpack there, um, is the way I try to reframe it in the positive light is that there's a lot to unpack there, which means like, man, there's a lot of things I can learn from it too. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I wanted to pick your brain about something as well. And and this might get, um, like maybe personal for you and you can tell me if you're comfortable or not with this, but, um, I've had a lot of people losing people in their lives recently. Um, A couple people in my mental health group, uh, one guy lost his father, another guy lost his uh, grandfather. 
I know that you recently went through kind of a loss in your family as well. And I was having a conversation today on the Zoom call that we do every Sunday morning. We were uh, kind of talking about this because it's like such a heavy subject. And it's one of those things where, you know, so many times in life, like losses or failures or I'll use the word losses because it's a lot more applicable in this uh, situation. But it's like we we look for a lesson in it. We look for a learning, something that we can learn from and something that like a value that we can get. Like if you like have a loss in a, a race like this, it's like, okay, I can learn from this. But when we have like a loss of somebody that we love, it's so difficult because there's no real a lot of the time like lesson that you can learn or value that you can pull out of it it just fucking sucks and it just feels fucking unfair it's literally one of the worst things that you can have happen to you and it's one of the worst things that you can kind of like there's no way like every time it happens to somebody that i know and love it's like the hardest thing to console because i'm like i don't know what i can say there's nothing i can say to make this feel better like it just sucks um and I've even like I've even lost family members. So like I feel like even just going through it doesn't even make you an expert on talking about it. But I just wanted to kind of pick your brain at, you know, since it's kind of something that's happened recently in your life. Uh, again, I don't want to kind of like pry into your life or or have you overshare if you're not comfortable with it. But it's like, what's your thoughts on that? Like I feel like, especially as you know, ambitious men, we kind of always look for a lesson or some value that we can pull out of a loss. But like, I, I just want to pick your brain on that, like what your thoughts are on this. Yeah, I mean, two of the hardest things to console in life, I think, are breakups and loss. Um, those are two because every relationship is and they're and they're both because of the same reason. Every relationship is different. <laughs> like, I just, um, I think that uh, you get to a point where you don't really move on from it. Of all the, of all losses I've had in my life, like, you're right. They don't make you an expert at dealing with them because every relationship is different. Um, I think what, I think gratitude is the thing I try to look towards the most and memories. Um yeah, I mean, like, just, I think the biggest thing I try to think about is that, especially when somebody is of an older age, um, like some of the losses I've had is like, you know, they lived a full life. Um, They got to see all the things they wanted to see. And um, yeah, I mean, everybody's gonna go at some point. And the way I try to reframe those losses for myself is just thinking about like, man, when I get to that point, if I were, or like if I were to die today or if something were to happen today, would I be happy with where I am? Would I be happy with the decisions I've made? How many regrets would I have? And then I write those things down and I think, Okay, child. So my goal is to try to knock off as many of those regrets as possible while I'm still here. Um, and just realizing that, you know, that person is gone. That person, at least culturally for us, is like a soul now. And that person, 
no longer feels pain. Um, it it also goes back to that uh, that old saying, right? That funerals are for the living, not for the dead. Um, and just holding on to the memories and um, trying to, I, the way I've coped with it the most is just trying to reframe it for like um, life lessons and just realizing that like, there's nothing greater than living. Um, even if life is imperfect and messy and things are good and bad, um, like you're still living, you still have a chance to knock off as many potential regrets as possible. And you still have a chance to build your legacy and you still have a chance to carry on a person's legacy. Yeah, it definitely uh, accentuates the the fact or the the amount of how precious a human life is like uh and how fragile it can be as well how quickly mm -hmm. these things can just be kind of taken and we, how we take people for granted i know like that was one of the biggest lessons for me was like how much we can take people for granted how how you can spend a day with somebody and then the next day they're just gone out of your life and you're like wait what i didn't see any of those signs coming or sometimes you do but there's definitely certain times where it's like you don't, you know, and it's like one of the hardest things to deal with. And it's one of the things that kind of gives me a lot of anxiety personally, like a, just to open up a little bit. It's like one of the things that I think about all the time is like I want to achieve, you know, certain things and I want to make my parents proud before they pass because I want to like it's one of the biggest thing that scares me in life. That things that makes me anxious is losing my parents and yeah. uh, being able to spend enough time with them. And being able to appreciate them as much as I can, because sometimes I feel like a lot of that time was wasted. So it's one of the things that I've been uh, kind of thinking about recently and reflecting on a lot recently, because like I said, I've had some people in my life that went through losses recently. And I was like, man, it really made me reflect on my life as well. But I think one of the things that, and this is just something that I'm kind of going through right now, like kind of in my own thoughts. Like I think that one of the things that does come out of it is I think it gives us a lot more empathy for what other people are dealing with because we never really know what other people are going through, like whether they've just lost a family member or a loved one or a friend or what have you. And I think that there's so many times where like there's somebody that goes through that for the first time. And I think that when we've been through those experiences, it kind of gives us the amount of empathy to kind of look at someone and be like, look, like I can't even begin to fathom what you're going through right now. I don't know what your relationship was like. Like, I like what you said, how not every relationship is the same. In fact, they're all different. Every single one is different. And so just to be able to look at another human and be like, look, like I can't even like understand how you feel right now. But at the same time, I kind of understand how you feel right now. And it feels like it's not going to get better, but I promise you it will. Like, and, and just to be able to kind of go through that just so that you can help someone else go through that. Mm -hmm. It's bittersweet too, right? To think that one of the, one of the things that brings all humans together in commonality is loss. We've all had it. We've all dealt with it. Um, uh, whether it be a family member or a friend, whether um, and not all of them are created equal and different, right? Like whether it's like 
somebody passing away peacefully in old age versus like somebody you, for me, like somebody I knew who was a really happy person. And the next day, like he was gone because he couldn't cope with his life and nobody knew. Um, yeah, I mean, like you, it's I like the way you described it. Like you don't know what they're going through, but you sort of know what they're going through. And sometimes like people just need like, sometimes people just need like um, a person to say like, it's going to be okay. And not to necessarily, again, not to give them advice, but to be there as just to like be there and be present for them and just let them know that like what you're feeling is normal and okay. I mean, it's okay to go through all those emotions and process all those things. Yeah. And just to kind of understand sometimes, like, I feel like, like, it's like you're going through this pain so that you can help alleviate someone else's pain later on. Like, that's kind yeah. of some of the things I, I, I don't know, come across my mind for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, it's not a direct translation, but I think that's one of the reasons why I do ultras. I mean, that's why, that's why I think people put themselves in uncomfortable situations with their training and their work. Um, I mean, you just want to try to, you know, when things go bad or when things go south, like you have something else that you can pull out of your pocket, like an experience that you had a race that you did where you were faced with all kinds of adversity and struggle and you overcame it and realized you were stronger than you imagined. Um, and not necessarily like trying to make things easier in life because it never gets easy, but just like trying to build like those broader shoulders to be able to not only cope with the things in your life, um, but to help other people um, by just being there because sometimes you don't even have to say anything, right? But people can sense in your aura or just your energy that you've had a similar loss or that, you know, you have the strength to take on some of their emotion and help them process it and listen to them. And um, yeah, I think that's a big reason why I do ultras is I want to be that leader in my community. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I appreciate a lot about your, uh, your journey and, and your uh, process is there's a lot of transparency behind why you're doing what you're doing. Like, it's not just about like, Hey, I'm this ultra marathon runner and this is what I do and watch me win and watch me succeed. And this is me training and aren't I such a badass? And, you know, <laughs> like there's all these, like, you know, like, especially when you see people in uh, like athletes, like uh high level athletes or, anybody in any form of success it's always like look at me doing the thing that i kill it at and this is me like training and this is me winning you know like a lot of the things that you're going through um you're sharing your failures you're sharing your hardships and you're sharing your why and your purpose and your reason behind what you're doing and uh whether it be to kind of help alleviate some some suffering in someone's mental health or you're raising awareness or funds for the rinstone family um, like it's, it's just, uh, so very clear when you're like following you, like, it's like, that's one of the things I appreciate the most. And one of the reasons why, like, I, I literally can keep up with your content and want to have you on this podcast is because it's like, you're the real deal, man. 
Like you're the real fucking deal. That's the way I look at it. And, and, um, it's just so cool, man. For someone that's never listened to your content or, or just kind of, uh, they're brand new to, to who you are. Um, give them a little bit of insight to like the foundation that you're helping. Uh, and, and I know we talked about this last time, but I've, you know, there's different listeners that are going to be listening to this one that, that didn't listen to that one, but just give them a little bit of insight of like what that, that organization is all about and why it means so much to you, man. Yeah. I mean, I have been partnering with Bridgestone family center, um, for the last five, six years. Uh, they're an organization, a nonprofit in the Los Angeles area that helps low-income bracket families um, with child abuse, domestic violence, and generational trauma. And they're all about, instead of separating the kids and the families, they're all about keeping the families together and helping the parents with their own trauma, helping the kids not only with the mental aspect of it, but also the physical aspect of like, you know, help with school, uh, help with counseling, uh, just giving them a safe space in the community to like support each other. Um, and you know, those are things that I dealt with growing up and growing up in a similar environment. And, um, I, uh, I just want to give those kids a platform to believe that they can do things that they can do hard things and that they can, um, find their Everest or their Moab and go out and achieve it. And, you know, side note about that. One of the coolest things was that, um, the kids were actually tracking me at Moab. That was, that was part of the disappointment of not finishing the race. Like you always feel like, oh man, I let the kids down. But then I thought like, man, we raised $500, you know, but yeah, I mean, uh, if you go to my Instagram at the Om Gandhi, uh, I have a campaign going on called the For the Kids 2022 campaign, trying to raise $25,000. We're at $8,000, which, you know, is absolutely amazing. And it's going to help a lot of families. Um, and man, it had the people at Ridstone in the volunteers and tears um, for anybody who wanted to know how they were reacting to it. Um, because man, I've like, honestly, like there's so many charities and it's so hard to pick one because you don't know where the money's going, like what they're about. Um, and you've seen all kinds of like fraud and stuff in the news, like, but um knowing these people personally i can tell you that like they work their butts off for these kids and a lot of them are just volunteers i mean they get paid very little or none at all between like their day-to-day -day jobs and to help these kids out and all that um every single dollar every single share like it goes a long way not just to help ridstone but also to kind of like somebody said it best that like if every city in america um if even every city in canada had an organization like ridstone the communities would be a much better place yeah i feel like as well like that kind of trauma that you're speaking about like that generational trauma it impacts so many different people so differently and i feel like it's one of those things where we kind of underplay what we went through but then we like those things manifest 
in our lives in negative ways regardless. Like there's so many things where like I've had, you know, um, you know, either people that I love or even myself, like experience that I've gone through where it's like we, we you hear these things where people say like, oh, what I went through isn't that bad because this person went through this. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's that's silly. That's 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 comparisons, right? You know, and I think we had an analogy. This uh, you made a good analogy on the last podcast we were on about like, um, how somebody will tell you it goes back to like that you should be happy because you have X, Y, and Z, and that person was going through this. And I'm like, and I think you made an analogy where you were like, that's like telling um the starving man to be grateful for oxygen. <laughs> You know, it doesn't, your feelings aren't invalidated because somebody went through more, you know, like that stuff happened to you. Um, and I think often we underplay it um, because maybe there was another figure in our life who was telling us, especially as a man, right? Like telling us like you're being too sensitive or like, you know, like just telling you certain things that make you start like, thinking, man, am I just like, am I just like sensitive? Like, am I just like not thick skinned enough? Like what's wrong with me? You know, like, am I just making this out to be a bigger deal than it really is? Um, but I mean, those things happened, you know, and how you react to it is it's your emotions and it's your choice. Yeah, and your body is going to keep a score. Like there's that book, The Body Keeps the Score. I don't know if you've heard about that book or you've read that the book. The Body Keeps the Score. I like that though. Yeah, That's... it's a, it's a book about trauma and it and it's like uh there's so many times where like uh, again, it can be generational. Like there's things that have happened to family members of mine that I, I've like kind of have passed down to me where it's like this trauma is like something that I'm now afraid of happening to me even though it didn't even happen to me before. You know what I mean? Like, the, I don't know if yeah. I can, uh, I don't want to dive too deep into it yet, uh, you know, right now, but maybe we can cover that the next time we talk. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's a but, whole nother topic in itself. I mean, yeah, just I, generational trauma. And um, yeah, as somebody who I feel like I'm a chain breaker in my family lineage, I mean, it's, there's definitely a lot to uncover there. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to jump into that, but I, I want to have enough time that we can get into a lot of it. Um, But I can't remember what I was bringing this up for. But I feel like it's just, uh, it's one of those things that we, we compare a lot to other people's stories. And, uh, oh, I remember now, and it's the body keeps the score. There's so many times where, you know, you, you get a physical feeling from something that maybe you haven't even gone through. And if you don't deal with that trauma, uh, there's been there's going to be so many times where it, that manifests in so many different ways, whether it's imposter syndrome, whether it's uh, uh, an insecurity of, you know, being abandoned, whether it's um, an insecurity or a fear of uh, physical trauma, whether it's, you know, there's so many different ways it can manifest. And then those are the times where I feel like, you know, there's, there's uh situations where it's like, why did I react that way to that person when all they said was this, or all they did was this? like, was I being irrational there? And it's like, yeah, oh no, this is trauma. I haven't uncovered yet. Like this is trauma that I haven't dealt with. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 
yeah no absolutely i mean just like the way we like kind of just like underplay the things that happen to us and sometimes like totally bury that trauma to the point where like it'll come up again in the future and i mean you don't realize that this thing like happened to you all this time back and you never really had a chance to like there's i mean there's a difference between like burying something that happened to you and dealing with something that happened to you and compartmentalizing it either way it's gonna be there um and you know if you don't deal with it now it's gonna come back and haunt you later um and tenfold like it's gonna be way tenfold. worse and one of the coolest things that just quickly going back to my runs and you know we talked about demons a little bit on the last podcast one of the cool things i learned um somebody put this best is like your demons are actually not your enemies they're actually your friends they're telling you what you need um they're on your side and you should befriend them because they are they are you and it's one of the things that i've definitely been like reflecting on because one of the things that i immediately noticed after my run was how I was beating myself up about not finishing the race. And then I thought to myself, like, man, I could run all the way across the world and then beat myself up for not finishing five minutes faster with this kind of attitude. Because I think a lot of, like, our journey with, like, traumas and dealing with them is also tied into being kinder to ourselves. And I'm trying to do more of that, like, simple exercise I do every morning if this might help somebody who's listening to the podcast is just waking up every morning looking in the mirror and just pat yourself on the back and say I got you man because simple act like that you know um will go a long way I mean we if we don't got ourselves who's gonna get us anyways like we have to have our own backs I love that man home I uh I got to wrap this up. I got to say thank you so much for, for coming on here and, and giving me some of your time. I know uh, I want to link up with you ASAP to do another round of this because I want to uncover some of the stuff that we're talking about with uh, generational trauma and just trauma that we might have gone through. So there's a little preview for next people uh, for the next episode for that. But uh, I want to say thank you so much, man, for coming on here. You might have just done it, but I was going to ask you as we wrap up, to kind of give people a little bit of advice, a little bit of uh, an inspirational or an uplifting message. I don't know if you have anything else that you want to share with people or uh, anything that you had like a burning desire to talk about during today. Um, you can't wait for the next episode that we do together. <laughs> like uh, like uh, give, give the people a, a little reminder again where they can find you on Instagram and then a little uh, inspirational message. We'll put a little cherry on top as we wrap this up. Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram at the Om Gandhi. Um, all my writing, all my posts there, uh, sharing all my highs and lows. Just you know, come along for the journey. Um, be happy to have you along with me. Um, I guess my only message goes back to what I just said: is just that like, like life gets hard and it doesn't get any easier. So, be you know, be kind to yourself. Um, don't beat yourself up you know 
other people might do that anyways. Um, they might say things and do things, but always have your back because, you know, like if you don't have your back, then it's going to be hard for other people to have your back and it shows, you know, and just, you know, be kind to yourself and just look in the mirror, wake up tomorrow and pat yourself on the back and say, I got you. Oh yeah, man. I love that message. I love what you do. I love you, man. I appreciate this a lot, man. You're, you're yeah. the best. You're the real fucking deal, bro. Yeah. I love you, man. I appreciate, I appreciate you having me on the show again, and I'm excited for round three, man. Like these are always great conversations and insightful. Oh yeah, man. I feel like I said, I had a very low energy evening last night. I feel a lot better. I feel a, a lot more uplifted going into this day today. So I appreciate you a lot. Appreciate the conversation. I appreciate anybody listening to this. Like you are the reason that I do what I do. Anybody listening to this right now. So, um, appreciate you a lot, man. I know I've said that a lot in the last minute and a half, so I'm going to let you go, but, uh, hope everyone listening has a good day. And if you're not having a good day, reach out to home, reach out to me, reach out to anybody you love or trust. Just, uh, talk about what you're going through. So on that note, thank you so much, much love and peace out, man. Catch you later, brother. Talk to you soon. Yes.